Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is Two Teachers Talking. This is uh, episode 128. Um, we're going to be talking today about uh, surviving our first semester of remote teaching. And uh, how not only did we survive, but how our students survived, uh, for the most part, we hope. And um, how things have changed over that period of this first semester, because it's been a wild ride. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a actually I would compare it to uh you know like a a trip going back home an airplane ride going back home that's really turbulent. Mm. You know, a lot of bumps, a lot of bumpy <laughs> stuff, a lot of shaking, a lot of scary moments, you know. No, you know, no real risk of disaster. Well, in addition, in addition to the, the turbulence, I think there's also a bit of rerouting and things. <laughs> things that changed en route, right? Yeah, it's well, all about the does, it's all about the delta. It's all about the delta here today. You know that's a, it's, it does make for an interesting metaphor, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, right? it that does. you you know you've got a flight. Let's say for us, you know, going from Osaka for you would be going Osaka Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Direct flight, right? For me, it would probably be going you know Osaka L.A. or, or Osaka San Francisco. Let's say right, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're landing. In a different place. In Seattle. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right? With like a, a six-hour layover. And then mm. after you get your layover, they tell you that flight's been canceled and they're going to reroute you like halfway across the United Go States. Go to Atlanta. And then from Atlanta, we can get you to... Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles. Oh, and but then we get to Chicago. <laughs> right, right, right. But then when you get to Chicago, you can't debark, Right. Because there's some new regulation or rule that's just been imposed. So you have to fly to some other airport where you're going to have to rent a car. That's a planes, trains, that and automobiles. We, yeah, it was kind of similar to that. But that was, yeah. <laughs> but that but was a lot more fun. What, <laughs> yeah, because you got to watch those people go through the trouble. <laughs> it was not us, right? Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I think that's good a analogy. good way to think about it. So a bumpy turbulent flight across the Pacific, then not landing where you expect, having to have your plans modified, and not being told until the last minute what's happening. I think that'd be a fair way to describe it, right? Yeah. 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 And here we are. So, how did it begin? Uh, So, it... uh, (laughs) Well, it began with us not really knowing when the semester was going to begin, <laughs> if the semester was going to begin or not, or if the we were going to shift the academic year to a fall start. Um, we had no idea if we were going to be teaching in class or remotely um, for how long, the first half of the semester or the whole semester. Um, we started off the year with a whole big bag of unknowns, and slowly all was revealed. <laughs> <laughs> and we panicked and um, tried to learn what we needed to learn at the very beginning, right? I mean, do you remember that mad, um, oh, geez, that, that panic um, where all of us, you know, you, I, and scores of colleagues all kind of coming together trying to figure out how do we do this? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell is Zoom? Um 
uh, back then, it's like all of this was just a big black hole. I do remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Interestingly enough, I mean, thinking that, yes, there was a lot of panic in the air. I mean, I wasn't panicking. Of course not. I'm just totally calm in a storm. I don't mind the turbulence. (laughs) It's like I'm not clutching my armrest when the plane bumps around and drops. But the fact that all these people came together, I thought, was an amazing thing, Tony. Yep, yep, yep. We've we've talked totally independently. We've talked about this. It's very interesting how this precipitated that. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't. I spoke to a couple of Japanese colleagues. They didn't have similar things. Uh You know, and. That just that groundswell of really a grassroots movement, if I've ever seen one, of people getting together and everybody was trying to help each other. But right, yeah, that panic of like, what's Zoom? What's a breakout room? How do you share a screen? Yeah, uh, and all the exchange video. emails and all the other communications. Like, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? How are you going to handle this? Yeah, the 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 communication within the community was was quite something. Really high traffic. You're right. And the size of the community was shocking to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That many people. I mean, there were what just developed by themselves, right? No real official organization. Sure. And I re- sure. was attending Absolutely. 40, 50, 60 people Zoom sessions, mm-hmm. right? Where people were trying to help each other. I know that I was working with uh, three other people, and we were actually. Seven o'clock to eight o'clock every morning. Yeah, I remember you, you. You were talking about that, and you. Yeah, well, you signed into one of mine that I was doing with a, a large group of folks, which I t- felt totally unqualified to do, but it was conscripted, so to speak. Well, it was. It's interesting because what happened for those sessions wasn't that people really were experienced using Zoom or doing online teaching. No one The was. general people who got conscripted were basically the computer geeks. Mm. Mm-hmm. People who used computers. Yeah, well, I mean, that I makes sense. I, didn't, yeah, I, didn't, I never had, like you said, the panic about using like, the, the tech aspect of it, is learning Zoom. That, that was not an issue. But like, how do you uh, adapt what you do in the classroom to this different environment. I panicked about that. <laughs> that was a, but the, the the act of the tech aspect of it. No, that's 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 kind of comes easy to you and me, I guess. Well, that's an interesting point because I think the initial assumption by most people, or for most people, I'm guessing here. Actually, no, based on what I heard from people and continuing with people, was a focus on tech. And that was where the panic was. The initial assumption was this is a tech issue. Yeah. Well, we're, we already are so used to being steeped in tech with, with our teaching. This was just like another facet and not a big change for us, I don't think. Yeah, that's very true. But the idea that we were trying to solve a tech problem rather than a teaching problem mm. is what I meant to say. Is that? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Over time, that seems to have been the biggest change I know with people, is that in the beginning, people viewed it as a tech issue. And mm-hmm. as time went on, people stopped saying, would say not like, how do you do this, but how do you use it? There was that development, and I found that really interesting. So I think that initially when people went into it, right, it was like, how, you know, 
how do we use the tech? In, and that was very different. So those were the initial ways people started, I think, approaching the problem. And that did develop over time, I thought. That was interesting to see. There's going to be some interesting papers coming out about this. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, a couple of people, who are other you know, colleagues who are started their initial like you know, questioning of students and things. They got their uh, questionnaires or enquetal for their for kids asked them, so can you please give this to your students and things. Um, but um, yeah, I think a little more a little more time is necessary to be able to do any kind of valuable research on this because uh, I think the implications are going to be quite large. Um, we're not out of the woods at all, regardless with the virus, of course. But um, even with the the teaching situation, um, we've made it through a semester, but we're not we're not there. <laughs> oh, I'm not there. I <laughs> know I'm not there. I'm still like somewhere layover. Um, I am not at my destination. And um, if I, looking back, it was something that I missed. Uh, you know, then and now, uh, it, it's lessened. But for me, the big thing, yeah, again, not the tech. Uh, but um, looking back at the beginning of the semester, um, it was a familiar feeling. And we've talked about it a lot in different uh, podcasts that we've had and that we've done. Um, we talked about like the new teacher, right? And someone who's you know, starting off teaching is their first year, their second year. That um, every time you walk into a classroom, it's like you get the the flutters and the nervous. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I? Is this the? How do I do this? Is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Well, for me. That was this semester. <laughs> Starting off this way, the, the tech wasn't the problem. It was like, okay, well, how? Because you know, you're used to you have that comfort when you walk in. You know, well, we you know, we've been doing a long time, old men. Um, you walk into the classroom, it's like, well, yeah, I, I know how to do this. Now, this is how it is. You, you look at the class, you read the class. Okay, this is the way we're going to approach this today, um, and it'll be just like three years ago. It'll be just like ten years ago. It'll be just like last year. Um, I say, okay, this is how it's going to go, and most of the time, we're not that far off. This year, we were. <laughs> oh man, this year, well, well, yeah, not to be wrong. There was no, there was no zero. There was there was nothing. There was nothing to be wrong about because you had zero idea. Again, black hole. It's like, okay, you send in a Zoom. These kids show up. I no one has ever done this before. The kids haven't done it. I haven't done it. No idea what to expect. And it's that that new teacher panic. And I really miss that comfort of walking into a classroom with a big smile on my face. <laughs> well, that's interesting because I found myself going back to that original place you're talking about, right? Yeah, a new teacher. Yeah. And you know that how in like your first couple of years you're just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I felt, but what I also felt was more of a reliance on my personality. I was saying, okay, um, I can, I'm good in front of a camera. I'm not, it doesn't bother me in the sense when I say I'm good in front of a camera. In other words, it doesn't make me feel weird. I can look at the camera lens and talk to people. That seems to be an easy thing to adapt to, and. More of a reliance on personality to overcome any deficiencies because there wasn't enough knowledge of techniques and how to do things. So 
So that was like, whoa, God, I remember being at that point where my toolkit, my toolbox was just mm-hmm. empty. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I felt, right? It's like there'd be a problem and I'd go, okay, go to my toolbox. And you open up the toolbox and there's just tape. <laughs> I didn't, I, right? I just, you know, duct tape, yeah. okay. But there was nothing in my toolbox that I could go to. And, you know, the difference of like, oh, there's this problem, I know what to do. There's this mm-hmm. issue in the classroom, I know what to do. And it's kind of was, in one sense, it was exciting. And in the other yeah, sense, it yeah. was like really frustrating. And the fact that I was dealing with students who also were totally in shell shock. Didn't know what to do. So I think that's a good way of putting it that, uh, yeah. I you think know, it's like going through. Go ahead, please. No, no, no please. Oh, I insist. Okay, well, you talked about like the the students, um, you know, and uh, they're the same as us, like you know, shell shocked. Um, if there was something that uh, helped me um, get escape from that panic, or what else, that was something that um, uh, I guess was my uh, my north star, <laughs> my you know, dead reckoning, just trying to find myself out of the darkness. Um, the uh, remembering that, yeah, for me, almost all of my students, not all, but the, most of my classes are first-year students, um, and to just try, you know, just a little bit of empathy. It's like, okay, think about <laughs> what they're feeling and what they're going through, and just, you know, always reminding myself of, you know, their perspective, their experience what you know so i'm you know, i'm i'm trying to juggle the, how many balls i'm juggling here with this with the new teaching situation but i always got to think about the audience too it's like okay what are they <laughs> i'm trying to keep all these balls in the air but to what end what 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 what's happening in their heads on you know on that screen <laughs> and then i'm looking at this screen and they're over there wherever they are in the, uh, different parts of japan what is it that they're seeing and experiencing wherever they are? And um, whenever I, you know, over the semester trying to tailor things, change things, improve things, um, that's kind of been, I've tried to always keep that foremost in my head. But I think it's, can be, I don't think we can repeat it too much. Um, that point that like for the kids, it's really um, <laughs> a tough experience, and and you know this from you going through this with your daughter right now. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea what she's going through. Well, I kind of do. I mean, I remember having my senior year ruined because of some stuff that came up in the family. But I think the f- point you've made, Tony, that's it's really important. Is no matter how tough it seems, it's been for us. How hard and difficult and challenging it's been for us, especially for first year students. It's just been, I imagine, just an incredible bummer. I can't believe how well that they've done. Yes. Most of my students have managed to. Incredibly resilient. Flying colors. Resilient. Just like, just mind boggling. And, you know, we, (laughs) over the years, you know, we bag on on our students a lot. I'm I'm impressed. Well, you know, I, I wonder about this, though. I go back and forth. Um, and it goes back to 
dealing with my Japanese students, and I just don't know. You know, we don't really know what's going on in their lives. There's that that wall that I right. think they have. I years and years and years ago, I had a student, and I remember that I found out like a year later that in the middle of the year that I was teaching the student that her parents had died in a car crash. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, you mentioned, and there was no indication of that. Right, and I mean mean that. We're assuming that because they appear to be doing okay and that they're, you know, persevering through, you know, that they're okay. My sense is maybe not true. I think what happens is it's that wonderful, you know, for anyone who, especially for Americans, you guys, you know, that, you know, the ability for Japanese people to be peaceful in times of high stress you know, for example, after the after earthquakes, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's in line waiting at the convenience store, and then the you know the person goes out of the convenience store. There's a huge line that says, "I'm sorry, we're out of food," and everybody goes, "Oh, okay," and then everybody peacefully disperses, right? Mm. So I wonder about that. I wonder, you know, how my students really are doing. What I do have to give them credit for is that most of them, in a high, 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 super high percentage conducted themselves unbelievably well and you know appeared to be doing okay but i really do wonder in the back of my head how they're actually doing you know what i mean i know what you mean but um i'm basing my what i you know my statements what i said based on uh, it may kind of jump in ahead here a little bit um but um, an interesting artifact of this, or result, or effect of this uh, of our situation of this online teaching, where everything is done remotely, everything's done on the on the computer, right? Um, have had oddly, and it's different. It's qualitatively different, but there's so much more communication of a certain kind. So you're in the classroom, you know, there's a communication, there's how you define it, but you see things, you pick things up, you overhear, and then there's direct things that are said or not said, both equally important. Uh, we don't have any of that. Um, but what I've experienced has been <laughs> incredible increase in email communication, um, kids right, asking questions, kids writing problems. Hi, Tony, I've got a connection problem today. I can't make class. Wh- whatever it might be, I- I've got a question about the homework. Is it, I don't, I'm not sure how and where I should submit this. Um, the communicate and don't okay, details stuff like that, but bigger issues also. It's like. My grandfather died. We always used to go fishing. I, I, need, I want to go to his funeral. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, not some, you might, you know, ordinarily you might get a notice from the office or something, but I don't know that a kid would, you know, do that or feel free enough to do that in, or, in previous years. Um, so, in a way, um, ironically, um, I don't 
that there might be more of that kind of teacher-student communication going on in my situation than before? Question. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I tend to have students who will email me, you know, with questions. <laughs> very often, very silly questions. But there we go. <laughs> disproving I the theory that, that there are disproving the theory there are no stupid questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because we know there oh. are. Because we we we've we've given to them you in think the that's syllabus a whole podcast. It you might think that's be, a whole but podcast? but yeah, we we try not to get that negative. But yeah, it's in the syllabus. It's mentioned in class. It's in the handout. <laughs> There's the question that we just covered three times before. It's like, you know. Oh, so yeah, I just there had, are. I just had that happen. <laughs> of course, you I, did. I, no, 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 no. Remember, I I said that this was going on. I think yesterday. Hmm. I. You know, I was going through my – I got, got to get this off my chest. I got to get this <laughs> off my chest. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here. It, but it's, it's an interesting – I think it's, it's an interesting example that there are certain kinds of students out there um, who – this is really – and we're fortunate it's a minority. But I noticed that there was a certain kind of student who was trying to game the system. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an example of that. So I'm going through my grading. I'm doing the grading. And, you know, it's – past the deadline and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I want to get my grades in and I'm going through and I realize, okay, I don't have one final assignment for a student. I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, I go through, I do a search and I can't find the submission, right? It's submitted by email as an attachment. So I think to myself, okay, let me send an email to the student. And um, while I'm doing that, I send the email out and I say to him, look, I don't have your final assignment. You know, if you sent, you know, sent it in, I need, you know, to, for you to resubmit it. And the student sends back an email that says something to the effect of, well, on this day, I emailed you and never heard back from you. And I'm thinking to myself, well, did I miss an email? So I go back and I track down the email. And it's the student says the day before the final assignments due, well, I haven't heard anything from you from the last couple of weeks. So is there anything I'm supposed to do? Right. And I'm like, well, that's a really weird email. What do you mean you haven't heard anything from me? And then, um, so the student starts making all sorts of excuses. And it basically boiled down to exactly what you just said. You know, I said, well, what can you do? They go, okay, can I do the assignment? I, I already have the assignment done. I, I did it the other day when I got your email. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a rushed assignment. It's a final assignment. So it means you did it in an evening. But, you know, let me be nice and I'll accept it from you. And, the student sends in the wrong assignment, the wrong thing. And so then there's the emails where it goes back and forth. And I said, well, why did you send me this? I said, and the student says, well, I didn't attend the last two classes. And the student says, well, how was I supposed to know how to do the assignment? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Mm. my websites are pretty detailed, I think. And I said, well, hold on. You were absent from the classes the last couple of weeks and you didn't check the website and now you're saying that it was my responsibility to inform you about what to do. And what the reason I'm mentioning this, Tony, is that that was unusual. Right. You know how yeah, you it's said an you ex- got yeah, yeah, it from sticks student. out. Yeah. Yeah. That in other words, usually there's always the students <laughs> who have excuses and they're doing this. Most of the students just, 
turned in stuff on time or if I said, look, you know, you got a zero because you turned in your homework late and I clearly said four weeks ago with a lot of leeway, you know, or what, um, you know, a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of when you lead in time, lots of lead in time that late assignments wouldn't be accepted. And they're like, okay, fine. But this is to, and was making all sorts of excuses. I just have to get this off my chest. And it was interesting in the sense I went, huh, this really hasn't happened at the rate that I was expecting it to be. Most of the students have not said, hey, or I don't think there's a thing other than this student. There's really no student who said, you know, this stuff has been really hard for me, this online teaching. I couldn't get the work done. Has anyone sent you an email like that? Not ex- No. You know what I mean? Nobody copped out that way. None yeah, of my no, students copped I've out had, that way. I've had, I have had students in, in um, I, guess, I guess, Zoom discussions where I've been talking to them directly or in, in, you know, to a smaller group or whatever. Um, the issue of the, the volume of work has come up. And yes. uh, a student apologizing for submitting something late saying, I'm sorry, I just had you know, too much homework and all that. So I've had that, but... Um, yeah, not 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 in this way. They were, and you know, they they weren't using it as an excuse. I, I, they they seemed sincere, and uh, yeah. we we I think we mentioned it last m- month. I think that uh, talking about the students is yeah that they all uh, seem to be quite burdened with um, a, some a lot of work because as I think we said last month is like the um, a lot of the classes are not synchronous. Uh, a lot of teachers are just assigning and collecting work. And you, you, yeah, you, you, you were telling us, like, yeah, they, they don't like it because they can't get credit for just showing up. Yeah. Which I thought I, was funny. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was I heard that from my students. And I said, well, hold on. Let me see. Are these for synchronous or asynchronous classes? Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you that the amount of work my students are doing in my classes is no different than the amount of work they would do in a face-to-face class. Correct. Same Same amount of work. There's no change. Same here. Okay. So I'm wondering to myself what's happening. And so I asked a couple of my students and they said, yeah, well, you know, the teachers are assigning a whole lot of reading. And I said, well, is it synchronous or asynchronous? And they go, oh, it's asynchronous. And I said, well, what do you have to do? They say, well, the teacher posts readings with minimal explanations and we're supposed to read and then like, you know, write a report. So I said, oh, so you don't have any class time, actually. And they're like, no, no, no. So I said, how long does it take you to write the report and do the reading? And they go, oh, about two hours a week. So I said, hold on a second. Your class is 90 minutes, so you're basically saying that you have an extra half hour of work. And they're like, yeah, why? So in that sense, I think it's a perception Mm -hmm. issue. Mm. They don't realize that you're – yeah, it's what you just said. They don't have – the 90 minutes show up, sleep during class, or just be there for that, that kind <laughs> they've actually, of They've actually got to work for the full 90 minutes plus a little more. Yeah. But some of them are actually pretty overwhelmed. And I think yes. – I'm curious because I don't know. What do you think? There seems to be a certain percentage of uh, professors who just put on a bunch of PDFs and say write reports. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, that – and I understand I, that I, people are doing asynchronous. Mm-hmm. But my asynchronous classes are different. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a, in a second or two as well. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I can make a statement. 
I can't make a generalization. Um, I teach at too many different schools and too many, so many different types of classes and different majors that I don't know that there is a – I can come to any kind of conclusion on that. I think there's a lot of variability. So one group of kids might truly be overburdened depending on their major and the teachers that they have. Kids maybe in the next period that I have, the same school, different majors, and a completely different experience. I, I really don't know. I don't think I can say anything. But can we can we go but, to your tech thing? Oh, no, yes, you please. Want to, okay. Wait, Cause, wait. Go ahead. No, 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 please. I'll bring – yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because no, because I think this is I think this is interesting. It's something that people are kind of interested in. Um, one of the ways that I, I think, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, that um, your teaching has changed, um, and it's certainly different from mine. Um, went through lots of you went through lots of big changes in video production. And you, again, you said you mentioned that your own kind of your own asynchronous teaching is is not just putting up PDFs and having them submit reports. Um, you're, you're making a lot of video, and actually, very very impressively high quality video. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I do. I do. It it looks professional. It's great. Um, well, thanks. And you've you've changed what you've done and how you've done it. I, I assume over the, the over the semesters, and maybe you talk a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for the compliment. I, I actually went through and looked at stuff and was like cringing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know because I did that at the beginning of the semester for all my classes. I made a long, very much too long <laughs> introduction videos for each of the classes. I have an inkling of what's involved. I know what mine looked like and I see what yours look like. And um, there's a, yeah, there, there there's a, learning curve there and uh, an interesting yeah. journey i'm sure yeah well i'm th- where where should i start or do you have a specific question that might direct me otherwise you know me i can go off the deep end about stuff like this for a long time well, well I, I guess maybe if you like, if you want to if you want to condense it down uh the yeah, right the, 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 yeah, something <laughs> the assumptions or the the beginning point the way you thought it was going to be at the very beginning um, okay. Contrasted to what you ended up doing in the last few weeks. Okay. Well, I don't know if the last few weeks was a change, but the last couple of months. Okay. The thing that I have to start with was that I was really obsessed from the beginning with quality. I didn't want to put up uh, a video, and I started with, and this is the audio side. You know, Tony, you and I both love audio. And one of the things, when I watched videos, and I watched a bunch of videos to see what was wrong, and the one thing that came across was just poor audio quality, you know, really echoey and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I thought to myself, wait a second, I'm dealing with non-native speakers. So I went out and I bought a really good mic. And the technical aspect of this is by buying a, a really good mic that required me that I had a separate for anyone who knows this, you have like your you record on my, the iPhone. So I use the iPhone for video recording, 
and I can just export that and it has the sound and it has the the audio and the video together and you can just edit that but it doesn't sound good it sounds you know like you know you're talking from like you know a me- 2 meters away from your phone mm-hmm. it's echoey it's terrible there's noise in the background etc so I bought a microphone which means that I added an incredible amount of work trying to synchronize you know to get the audio to move at the same time you know that your mouth works right so it's that was a lot of work but that was the first thing i did was audio quality is primary the next thing i did was that concern of making you know background right so i started out in the beginning using a green screen so that i could put a different kind of background in and what i did is um i have to do a shout out to uh bill white who did this when uh, we were doing some when I was working with a group of people that's the, the three other people in the morning sessions mm-hmm. and one day we get on and Bill's you know doing zoom and Bill's really good with tech I mean really really good tech and we get on and he's like changed his background to like one of his schools so we go hey Bill how'd you do that and Bill says oh I just did a you know took a picture and then used it as the background then the next time we we have a meeting about another week a couple of meetings later Bill has the like agenda of the meeting in the background, right? So you know, understand what I mean? It's, cool. So there's that background. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, Smart. yeah, yeah. And we're all looking at Bill kind of going, Bill, you know, you're going to be, this is like, that's why, you know, Bill White just, that was the moment when I went, got it. Yeah. Brilliant idea. Yeah, you just so, hear it and it's like, damn, just, I'm, I'm here smacking my forehead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now the okay. classes so, are over. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's when I think you probably saw the early videos where I had the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's from Bill White. Mm. And it was just all of us looked at Bill and just went, you know, Bill, this is this is going to be the standard. And, you know, it just was brilliant, brilliant. And um, I'm really grateful to Bill about that. And, uh, you know, one of the few people, by the way, I think there's you and there's Bill, are the only two people I know who I can ask a tech question to. Mm. Thank you. You know, when I don't know the answer, mm. right? Everybody else is just, you know, I'm finding out my answers just usually don't go. Anyway, so it started out. So what I would do is I would use Bill's technique, which basically means taking like Keynote or PowerPoint, making your slides, putting, you know, let's say what I would do is I would have last week's class and then I would have this week's class so people could see what we were doing. And then I would just talk with that in the background. And what you do is you take your keynote or your PowerPoint, and then you export it as a picture. And then you can put the pictures into your um, video editing program. And with the green screen, you can turn that slide, that picture of the slide, into a background. So that's how it started. Then there was all sorts of problems with the green screen, you know, and they're just technical problems. Uh you know, green tint, green lines, you know, you know, all those things that you see with green screen. It looks yeah, yeah, the, out, the outline and the, the confusion at the edges. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was turning into a problem. And then trying to get the slides adjusted properly, you know, so the writing wasn't like coming off and it wasn't over my head. And I started having titles and things and it was just taking hours and hours and hours to do. And then it evolved that I finally found out that the best way to do this was to uh, – I'll talk about another thing that I did that changed – is to just do my talking, talk to the camera. You know, I have – I know what I'm talking about. And then when I'm in the video editor is 
just drop those sli- the slides of a PowerPoint or a keynote that I had made into the uh, video timeline is what it's called, and that the video automatically changes to the slide and then changes back to me talking, changes back to the slide, changes back to me talking, and then I just have to adjust the time. You know how long the slide mm-hmm. would last, mm-hmm. you know, by dragging. That was the biggest uh, development for me in terms of productivity that really cut time. So originally what happened is that I would make the slides, then I would do the talk. And then I think it moved to, okay, let me make PowerPoint keynote slides with audio. And I would record that. And that was a, a real disaster because of just, you know, making mistakes and having to re-record, et cetera. And then I finally ended up with this last technique, which is, okay, I have my slides, but then I do my talk without the slides. It's me just talking to the camera and then drop the slides in. And the other big change for me in terms of productivity was learning how just to cut out mistakes because originally I didn't know how to edit on the video and cut mistakes out or, you know, splice it, I think would be the word we would have used before. Yeah, so the, so, so would, this this mechanics you're using Final Cut Pro for this? N- uh, okay, I originally started off with iMovie, okay, in the Mac, right? Yeah, iMovie. Yeah. yeah. Then I went to Final Cut Pro. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> then I was like thinking, oh, I'll use something else. I'll use something else. You know me, I'm always looking for the best tool. And the end result was I do everything now, all the editing on the iPad, using. And I use a thing called LumaFusion. Okay. And that was like 3,500 yen. <laughs> and I, can, I cannot explain how that – I wasn't going to go into the technical aspect, you know, what app and what I'm using. But editing on the iPad, I get stuff done in half. The, that alone increased my productivity by 50%. Well, that's good for people to know. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and we can go into more detail. But the thing about it – I think that's most important for me was that, you know, I wanted just to make reasonably good looking video. So I, when I stopped using the green screen, I bought some photographic paper, you know, the background paper. Yeah. 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 And I put that up and, you know, just tried to make it look as good as I, I, I can. And, uh, that's basically what happened. But the difference is I can say that, I can when I originally started for let's say if I made a ten minute video, mm-hmm. that was probably three hours of work, you know, recording, setting up everything, right? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. would be more than three hours if I include setting up, trying to get the lights done, mm-hmm. everything, you know, distance, you know, camera or the, the yeah. iPhone. This, this is why I didn't do this. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and but now, you know, for a ten minute video, I can have that ten minute video probably up on YouTube. In about 90 minutes. No, shorter, I think. Oh, a 10-minute oh, video easily I can have done within like 50, 45 minutes, 50 okay. minutes easily. And that includes the uploading time. So if you get something, for example, I stopped using iMovie and I didn't want to spend the money for Final Cut Pro because when I iMovie didn't allow me to directly upload to YouTube because I post my videos on YouTube. And what you want to do, if anyone's interested, is you can post your videos on YouTube unlisted. And so if someone doesn't have the URL, 
they can't watch the video. Mm. And by the way, there is a nice th- reason for using YouTube is that the YouTube analytics tell you how many views you got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for one of my classes, I was actually able to you know, say to my students, um, excuse me, but you guys are not watching the videos, only like 10 of you. <laughs> and of course, I got 10 emails the same day saying, excuse me, Mr. Wiz, uh, I watch the videos. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's why I said most of you are not. Um, <clears throat> and that's a that was a good way for me to track at least engagement to mm. some degree. Oh, can I talk about the thing I'm most proud of? The sneakiest yeah. thing I did? Sure. Okay, I was really trying to figure out how do I know students are w- watching the videos and not like really sharing things, okay? Or just, you know, answering the questions and doing the minimal. So what I did is I embedded what I called special question, the special questions in the videos. And because I would have like let's say for one class there might be like six, you know, um 10-minute videos, let's say, okay? Somewhere in those six videos would be a question that had two parts. So I would say, okay, so now time for this first part of the special question. And the students would have to answer that part, and then they'd have to wait for the second part, and then they'd have to submit the answer to that. So even though they can share the special question, and actually a couple of weeks I started rotating which video the special question is. I just edited it out. Mm -hmm. But that was a way of getting students to at least pay a little bit more attention. Uh, But – I don't know. The the key thing um, I found was it took a while. It took a lot of time thinking about things, going online. But at least now I know that, oh, okay, I have a listening and reading class that's going to be asynchronous for 15 weeks. And, you know, whoa, I can make those videos now. And I'm not overwhelmed and I can actually estimate the time and know how much time so I know when I need to get started to do everything. And if you have an iPad, uh, especially if you have like one of the newer iPads, um, the these things are super powerful. I think the difference, for example, of taking a video and like rendering it, you know, converting it into the video, and then uploading it directly to YouTube, which is what that LumaFusion thing does on my iPad, was the on my Mac Mini, which has like an i3 processor. But just to put something in perspective, mm. a 15 minute video would take like an hour and 10 minutes to render, you know, convert into the proper Mm -hmm. thing and not even upload a 10 minute video on my iPad takes like six minutes to render and upload. It's amazing. So that was a nice thing too. I didn't, I wasn't sitting there It's just an i3, but still that's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 It's it's pretty amazing. So, that's a long explanation, Tony, for your question. Okay. But I'm sure somebody out there appreciates it. But yeah, it's interesting. Just cut it's that out. You know, <laughs> cut no, no, no. I told it's, you it's, not it's, to ask me. Well, yeah, yeah. But, that, but I think that's, again, it's, it's part of the things that we did. And uh, um, I took a very different route. Um, I, I looked at that video, you know, not, not your video, but I looked at the option video. And, and I thought, you know, initially, I thought, yeah. I'll probably do that because there's so many classes. You know, like Wednesday, I've got four of the same class, and Thursday, I've got four of the same class. Um, yeah, it really makes sense for me to, to do um, a, a video lecture thing. So I moved all my lecture thing for, for at least one of the schools anyway, all the lecture parts to the first semester and all the interactive parts of the second semester. Because, of course, in the fall semester, all this will be over. <laughs> we'll be back in the classroom. 
for ordinary discussions. Um, surprise. But um, didn't turn out that way. I, I started playing with the Vita. And I said, this is, no, I can't do this. This is too much for me. And I have no regrets. Because um, uh, you, you mentioned the reading, listening. You said I've got reading, writing. I've got four reading, writing classes at the same university. Um, my teaching has been 100% uh, synchronous. Every, every single class has been Zoom. And even though it's been just online, and one of the schools right after the, the four classes the same day, there are 27 students in each class. And on the other day, I've got 40 students in each class. Um, and even though it's all just been Zoom and online, um, I would miss that, quote, with quotes, personal um, interaction with those classes, with those students. Um, I know those students. Charles, I recognize, because uh, I, I have, my, my MacBook Pro has too weak of a processor to have more than 25 students on a screen in Zoom, which is a problem when you have 40 students. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who would have thought that, the, you know, this machine had, the processor was too weak. It's an i5 or i7. I five maybe, um, <clears throat> but I think you need an I nine. Um, I can only see half the kids on the screen, and I heard a voice. I recognize the student's voice. That's sad. Uh, can I interrupt you? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to interrupt you for just a second, Tony. Most of my classes were synchronous with Zoom. Yeah. I'm talking about the asynchronous ones. Okay, just yeah, want to make sure. Of course, of course. Yeah. It's exactly what you just said. There were certain there are students who, you know, you just got I yeah, got it. Okay, go ahead please. Sorry. So so anyway, this is a huge class and we've only been online. And the you know, we're at the end and we'll, we'll get to this kind of thing. We're we're playing a game. And <laughs> game on Zoom. <laughs> um again, new dimension. Um Yeah, and it's like oh, that's that's Saho call, right? I can't see it, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's me. It's like, okay, good. So I'm giving points for, for answers and things. Um, but, um, yeah, as weird and as twisted as it is, the online stuff is does have its personal aspect to it. And um, kind of getting this, moving toward this as a bigger theme is like talk about how to give the kids – something that they're missing um and so with um mine i've I've been trying as i said before about the student experience trying to as much as i can duplicate that classroom experience in this online environment um we talked a little bit about communication with the students and and you mentioned your web pages well i gave up my web pages um, because each of the universities where I teach requires the teachers to use their system. It's like, well, I'm not going to – there's no way I can maintain double systems here. So I'm just going to have to adapt to your four different systems and somehow <laughs> – and so I'm not going to give up my own. But what I do each week, each class – though some classes are – I only need to do it once for four classes or once for two classes – um, using that university's system, whatever it might be, give the students a personal message. This is what we did in class. Um, these are the main points. Um, this is what we're going to do next week. 
And, you know, often here's like the calendar for the rest because that's constantly in flux. Um, and main points and other stuff, like a joke, um, a cartoon, anything else. Well, these kids would get one of those each week from me in addition to a total Zoom class. Um, and one of the things that I changed um, over the semester, and again, we talked about the, the, the new teacher syndrome. And at the beginning, like a novice, I just just trying to pack way too much in. I was just trying to pack way too much content. This is you know, adjusting from classroom. I was able to do it in the classroom, but like you can't do it online. There's other things, you know, some things are slow and there's, you know, breakout rooms in and out slow. There's Zoom and flexibilities in terms of sharing and so forth and so on. Communication moving among breakout rooms and, t- and what you can do, and what you can't do, what the students can do and can't do. Um, was just trying to pack way too much in. So backed way off in, in terms of the content. Um, loosened the reins on the classroom, giving them a lot more open communication time in the breakout rooms. And a lot of times telling them, say, hey, we're, we're talking about this. We're not practicing, you know, whatever it is that's happening in the, in the lesson, quote unquote. Um, you guys are talking about your ideas. Hey, that's fine. Use, use Japanese. It's not a problem. Um, and things loosened up. And a lot of the classes to the point where, yeah, I'd put them into groups. And then students would start inviting me to their groups to talk. Um, again, trying to, you know, lo- lo- loosening that up and giving them a little more freedom in the in the breakout rooms and things. And in some imperfect, incomplete way, um, giving them something that they might not be getting in an online class where you're just share, staring at all these faces and these heads, um, letting them, give them a little more time to talk with each other. Uh, and, um, yeah, when I started like in the last several weeks when I'm starting to get invited to the, to the breakout rooms, it's like, okay, um, something is working. (laughs) Something's happening here. Um, I'll keep doing it. I think that the breakout rooms are the key for zoom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I used breakout rooms the same way I would have put students into groups in my classes. Yeah, exactly. My students spend 85% of the time, 80, 85% of the time in breakout rooms. And I wasn't lecturing to them. I mean, I have one class that's a lecture class. That's the asynchronous one. Mm -hmm. And there's some other asynchronous things that are going on. But getting students into breakout rooms was the key. You know, saying, here's the activity. Now go into your breakout rooms. Let's redo the breakout rooms. And I think they had a pretty good time. I, I think I shared with you like the first couple of weeks, my first couple of week classes where I had um, questionnaires and the students were really happy because the breakout rooms is what made them happy. They were able to talk to each other. And I did the same thing. I really loosened up about the Japanese requirement. You know, don't use Japanese sure, in sure. the beginning. And just said, look, you know, if you need Japanese, you go to Japanese. But the other thing I did was... I did not uh, did not kind of go into the breakout rooms that often. I really gave them their privacy. 
yeah, as yeah. much as I could. And uh, I think they appreciated that as well. I think they appreciated that. But yeah, the breakout rooms are key. Breakout rooms are the secret. And Zoom is just great that way. And uh, what was really nice, though, is that the students really thought, you know, because so many of their classes were using Zoom, they got really good at Zoom. Yeah, yep, yep. They knew how to share their screens, you know, in breakout rooms, for example. And that was really nice. Um, I thought, yeah, they, it's, I enjoyed the synchronous more than I enjoyed the asynchronous. <laughs> sure. The asynchronous is just a whole lot more work. Yep, yep. And it's a but, different, different kind of activity, but yeah, it's, it's different from teaching, per yeah. se. Yeah. Right, but I've been, we just got some information that all the classes should be asynchronous from the fall. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they say there's, I don't understand it. They say that there's network problems, but Zoom is decentralized, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going through Mm -hmm. the school network problems. So I think they're concerned that some students have slow networks, but overall, most of the students didn't have problems. Yeah, an occasional student. Yeah, an occasional student. And and, and I think that's something that um, maybe it's worth mentioning too. It's like for us, to really be careful that we're not punishing students for a bad connection, whether it's like, because, you know, I had students like, yeah, I, 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 I send me an email. It's like, I'm sorry, I keep, my connection keeps dropping, you know, whatever it might be. Okay, so they don't take the test that day. Okay, that's not their fault. Um, really, with now with grading, being very, very careful, trying hard not to punish kids for uh, connectivity problems or technical issues, um, and there was one guy who, yeah, he he, he very articulately says, "Yeah, I, I told the university about it. I've got this, you know, I, I really got this and that. I got this bandwidth limit, and at the beginning, there's, there's this and that. And I said, okay, well, here, here's here's some extra um, work to make up for the activities that you lost. He, he did a really really good job." Um, but it it takes a certain consciousness not to, because you know you look at your records, you look at your spreadsheet, and it's like okay, well it's like zero 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 zero. It's like okay, well wait a minute, wait a minute, let's take a look and see what's going on, and you know you compare it because I don't know, I got five hundred fifty kids. It's hard to it's hard to keep track of all the loose ends, um, but um, I am consciously trying um, not to punish someone for their you know. For technical glitches, and something we I think we all have to um, be aware of. Um, you talked about the kids being good at Zoom, and I tell almost all of my students, especially the kids in the, in the presentation classes, um, you know, you might find this as a hassle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but hey, this is 2020; things are going to be really different from now on. Um, Doing pre- presentations online is a really valuable skill that <laughs> you're learning here. It's kind of kind of by, by emergency only, but what you're learning here is really going to benefit you. You are going to have tech abilities that your senpai n- <laughs> will never have had. Um, not only learning the, you know, the, the raw presentation skills, but also the, the technical uh, proficiency to be able to do it online. Um, tip for teachers um, – with doing student presentations uh, and screen sharing, it can, again, for me, when I give my present, teaching presentations, my big thing is you are the presentation, not your slides. So you're not going to run your slides and be invisible in the background and talk. No. 
um, you make them all co-hosts. And this allows them to run their presentation with their slides on one half of the screen and themselves on the other half of the screen. Um, you need, it's a, it's, it's slow. It's, it's arduous, but you know, especially if you have a bigger class, luckily this particular class, I've only got 15 kids. Um, but you make each of them co-hosts and then they have much more freedom in terms of their screen sharing options. So co-host is a big one. It's a, it's a big one and, but it's teacher control. So, um, that, you might, a, that might be dependent on whether it's a paid or unpaid. So I think if also. it's an unpaid Zoom account, you might not have that access. Yeah, that's early, what I'm thinking. Yeah, early on, I, I looked at the options. I didn't could not wait for the to, for the schools to make up their mind. I just paid for my own, and so I've got that option. You're right. You, oh, not everybody might have not not have that. Mm. I'd like to echo what you said, Tony, about presentation skills. Mm. Yeah, this is the future. I, yep. I had a presentation class, and I told my students, you know, don't look at it as a negative. Uh, this is teaching you how to do presentations because this is the future. You'll be presenting to people on different continents and learning how to do this right, learning how to use Absolutely. The technology. The meetings are going to be digital. It's, it's going to be a tele- not all teleconference, but it's going to be an essential skill. Well, it's we see it in, in I think, in the world right now where – Companies are realizing, wait a second, we can save how much money on travel? Yeah. yeah. Wait, Especially in Japan, proportionally, it's, it's huge. Well, yeah. Because, I, I mean, they, they, they were so reliant on face-to-face everything. Um, you know, just, you know, all the, the businessmen on the Shinkansen and on the, 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 the low-cost carrier flights, I mean, to and from, all, I mean, you know. Um, yeah, Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know well how many people uh, are go there. shuttling go back there. and okay. forth between Osaka and Tokyo every day. How much of that is right. necessary, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Moving to so much online. Yeah. Um, By the way, I just can I before I forget, Tony. Yeah. yeah. The thing about um, this is for especially if you're teaching students presentation online, but especially for teachers, one of the things that's really hard to remember, and I have to keep reminding my students this is. When you talk, you talk to the camera. Do not talk to the people in the Zoom grid, right? So that you have the appearance of eye contact. Yep. And it makes a big difference in how you're coming across. And I drove that into my students. I mean, we actually, in the presentation class I taught, focused on online presentations rather than the usual uh, things I might do. Sure. you know, teaching them, just saying, no, you're not looking at the camera right now. Look yeah. at the camera. Come on, focus. Nice on to have like a little buzzer, a little beeper or something whenever their eyes move away. Just a, eh. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I do have that buzzer. It's called my voice. And, uh, <laughs> that's pretty irritating. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear this ever again. S- sufficiently irritating. Yeah. I think your point that they're learning skills. And I don't, the presentation classes, I think, need to be done synchronously. I Oh yeah. I think I taught a synchronous presentation class and it actually worked really well. Breakout rooms worked really well. Um continued the use of Google Forms for the self-evaluations. It worked, I thought, pretty it, they got some good skills. They now know how to present online. We went through some of the differences about presenting in person, you know, that you don't know what's really happening, etc. But 
the synchronous stuff, yeah. I I thought there's not that big of a gap. No, me. no, me in either. Terms and of what I do in a class, the only difference is 2D versus 3D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that it's all two dimensional. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, I'm wondering whether it's just I'm familiar because I I FaceTime and Skype to um, some a couple of friends and uh, my cousin back in the states. Mm-hmm. My cousins in the states, and I'm used to using video conferencing. Mm-hmm. And so you're used to talking into a microphone, right? Exactly, <laughs> like we're doing Good right now. Point. Yeah, that's right. Like I'm doing for, right now. Exactly. So you know, to, to, you know, talking to our computers <laughs> is, is nothing new. Um, this is adapting the, the teaching, and and I'll echo what you say in terms of and I look at. Um, the, at the end of the semester, looking at my students, in terms of their bottom line performance, um, same, maybe better. Um, fewer distractions. Um, you know, they're not so busy with club activities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, they don't have commuting time. They're maybe. I'm looking at the, what they're doing, what they're producing. All different classes, writing, you know, presentations and conversation, whatever it might be. Um, I'm not seeing much um, of a hit in performance at all. And again, same, maybe better. And um, something that I never had time to talk to the kids uh, about, but I did mention it to a, a class or two, it's like, you know, you guys, you might think that in terms of your education, that it's somehow compromised by uh, being online. I said, and I told them, I says, you know, what you guys are doing you guys are doing great. You are you are doing as well as any class that I've had before, and, and this class is really, really good. And I says, you can tell me at least I don't know about your other classes, but <laughs> what you're doing in class, the amount of work that I'm doing for you, tell your parents for this class they're getting every yen of their money's worth. <laughs> every yen they're putting out, they're getting it back in spades for this class because I didn't tell this i busted my ass for you guys and you guys have learned you guys have performed and this is you guys are great um so yeah i don't know it's was it's been a goofy semester and really really hard. <laughs> really really hard we're all so tired you're tired charles i am tired the poor kids they've got to be the exhausted yeah, yeah they gotta be but, exhausted yeah, one thing I was thinking about while you were ex- talking about that, Tony, is that because they don't have their clubs and they don't have their usual social activities, I'm wondering whether the synchronous kind of classes you and I run and other teachers are running where there's a lot of time in the breakout rooms uh-huh. is their only chance to be social. I, I think know that, that a couple of my students, you know, a couple of my students said, I'm so tired of just talking to my family. <laughs> yeah, and and I I realized it when about two you know, two thirds of the way through, and I you know, put them in the and then they were just like so stiff and stilted and I said I was like you guys really don't know each other do you and, oh, no it's okay fine next class all right <laughs> you're, you're going into a breakout room whatever the hell you want to do <laughs> just just talk to each other get to know each other. And then at the end of the, cl- the last classes, we had um, different kind of activities, word games, um, story reassembly within groups and stuff. And yeah, they got into it and they were having fun. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it ended on a high note. And um, yeah, I don't, I look back and I don't, 
it was you know, it was really hard. Nobody was doing a good job the first week or two or three, four, five. Um, but if I, you know, now I'm mean, a couple of days. Sorry, Charles. I'm finished for a couple of days now, and I can maybe start to look back and it's like I don't have a lot to feel bad about. I I feel my students did okay. You know what I I think? I think over time they improved far more than I did. They adapted far more than I did. They're young they man. They're child. young man. They're young. Okay, that's it. That's it. Okay, I got it. So we've been we've been so on bad. we've been on this horse, we've been on this horse for thirty years. Um, we're like old. Thirty five for me. Yeah, for we're me. old. Um, it's it's not easy for us to adapt. For them, whatever came in April. <clears throat> Was going to be brand new. Okay, fair they enough. They would they would have to adjust to like again. This is a, a little bit bigger of a step than they were anticipating. A little bit bigger difference, but for them, it was it was going to be all new. Anyhow, they didn't had no idea what to expect, and yeah, I mean, I remember you know a good school, small class, fifteen to twenty kids. Um, and I remember walking in on the first day and talking to them and just deer in the headlights. They were gripping that desk in fear that, Christ, there's a foreigner in front of the classroom and he's talking to us in English and he expects us to understand and respond somehow. I don't know what the right answer is. And it was just total panic. Um, didn't have that this year. I think it might be the distance, you know, in terms of uh-huh. the screen and uh-huh. the a person. So, so the adaptation might not be about. that difficult, right? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, something we haven't talked about is the advantages. Yeah. For some students, especially introverted students. Yeah, it's a, it's a safety net kind of, it's a safety barrier. Well, especially asynchronous. Yeah. Right, where there's, you know, they can communicate to the, the professor or each <clears throat> other. You know, they have time to think, they have time to plan, there's no pressure to act immediately and be social. They can turn their camera off. There's, it's a lot of positives here. A lot of positives here. But the thing is, is I'm going to go out on the limb here and say, do not think we will not be doing this come April next year. I'm going to... I, well, I definite possibility. Definite possibility. It's, yeah, it can't be... Explained. No one wants to think that, but it's a, <laughs> it's a very real possibility. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, at some point maybe we have to talk about this. I know we're going over, but this is um, something that came up and I'm thinking that some people might want to be concerned about. Some schools, I've been told, are requiring teachers to post their materials into the school system, like the LMS, for example. And it could be, you know, Moodle or Google or whatever. And uh, there is... Somebody actually asked one of the schools and said, wait a second, if I post my materials onto your LMS or into your system and using the file system, that naming system also that you've asked me, who does the material belong to? So I'm just suggesting to people that you might want to think about that, you know, because I've known places that have used teachers' materials before. So please be careful about that. 
Yeah, um, I yeah. For me, I, I interpret that mandate as I'll put yeah. The material is there. There's a link there. That's your material. I do the, the exactly the, the same thing. I exactly. Do the exact same I don't post thing the stuff any there. Situation. I get, yeah. Because it became a problem. I started doing it, and then okay, so I have four classes, so I had to post the same material four times. Easier to post the link. And, and it, 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 so you put the thing up there four times, and then kids would write, just, I can't download it. And then they said, well, I, I have no controls. I talked to the, to the tech. And then two days later, I'd get an email from Texas. like, well, there's, there's a student having a hard time downloading your phone. I said, why is that? I don't know why. It's your system. That's why it's your system. So forget it. Forget it. Links only. Yeah. I, I just put it up on my own server. And um, yep, my own. Yeah, here's a link. And what do you we want to put you? It's there. It's right there. There's the material. There's the link. And you can do this. Click and on you it. You can do this with either Dropbox or your own Google Drive. Yep. But for that's the other reason why I use YouTube. Yeah. It's my, you can do Microsoft I, OneDrive. You can use Apple's iCloud. You can use Dropbox. All of these now are just pretty much just, yeah, boom. Yeah. Just right click and give me just the link. Avo- yeah. So rather than asking the question, just avoid it and just put links and it's that's it. a link. And then there's no question as to who you yep. know, has provenance over it. Yep. Because that did come up at one school, and the school wouldn't – I heard from someone that there was no answer. Yeah, well, that. of course not. Well, surprise. Yeah, which is <clears throat> kind of like, excuse me? Hmm, I don't think uh, you should post your material there. And that was what everybody just ended up doing was, I think, putting links up. That's it. But I think there's going to be an incredible amount of material being produced by people. And I think we might see a big shift away from textbooks because people have mm. lots of material. No, I wouldn't want to be a te- I would not want to be a textbook company right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, that's a totally other topic, and we're kind of over our time, yeah. aren't we, Tony? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Well, it's a big one, well, right? Well, we could go on and on and on. We could. We I could. Mean, we could. Yeah, there's just so many different things, and. You know, the, I th- think people will have time now to really review what happened. Mm. Uh, you know, and also, you know, we didn't even get to talking about grading students and how, how much leeway to give students. And, Which is what we thought our main topic was going to be <laughs> initially, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe that might be uh, another topic. Yeah, maybe but, come January or something, you know. Yeah, well, I think it'll be different in the fall because we can turn to our students and say, hey, now you've done this. Yeah, help us out. You know, exactly. You know, what do you need? What do you want? What worked? What didn't work? And that's how I'm going to start all my classes. Yeah, me too. In, in the fall is by putting them into breakout rooms, or I can't in some of my classes, but ask them to, what did they like? Which things did worked for them? What did they think allowed for the most amount of learning? Because we sometimes forget, you know, that it's all about them, and we've got to figure out how to deliver it to them in a way that is accessible to the students. But anyway, I think I'll just stop talking at this point. Why? No one's got anything to do. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're just grading right now, right? Oh, yes, just grading. I am. Yeah, but but we've talked about that before, and we both like work with spreadsheets. So even though I've got like an insane number of students. Um, I'm not in bad shape. I mean, I, I keep up with it. I keep them up to date. So it's just a little bit of number crunching and just like submitting the forms. Um, yeah. 
But for a lot of people I know are using uh, like Google Classroom for the first time or an LMS for the first time, and they're finding certain advantages to them. Yeah. I want a a shout out to Google for Google Classroom as far as LMSs go. Mm. It's pretty, pretty good, I think, you know, compared to some of the other. It looks pretty good. I don't have the opportunity to use it. None of my, none of the places where I teach is using it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was using it and, uh, I was like, well, this is surprisingly clean. You know, cause it you know looked how, like, good. It looked good. But I, I, I Moodle, get this compared to Moodle, yeah. Moodle, which is uh, always like, you know, uh, uh, uh. and other. And we have a, at, at my school, we have this one LMS thing, and it's just, <laughs> it's, I mean, they you, all, you know, yeah. no, oh, God. But, you know, automatic grading is like, uh, I, I have a whole story about the grading system, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't. But I, I don't want to go into that now. I just okay. don't. All right, so should we wind this up, Tony? Let's wind it down. All right, I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. For two teachers talking. They can find us. (laughs) All right. Yeah. We're done. See you, Tony. All righty.